1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? (laughs) No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. He's just going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, we got
0: four games to talk about, but we're still... Buzzing about the Chiefs. 27-24 victory over the Buffalo Bills. They are on to face the Baltimore Ravens. Meanwhile, the 49ers and the Lions will meet in San Francisco. We have an exciting Sunday coming up next week. Dave, hmm, I wonder what's gonna be the game of the week. We'll have to find out. I didn't get you last week, Dave. I might I might give you both games this week. I gotta make up for lost time, but think about the Chiefs. Five straight AFC championship games. Uh, how valuable has Harrison Butker been? Right? Like, does this game just not make you realize? Yes. I'm serious. I mean, I know it's crazy, but just how consistent, having a, a consistent kicker when you watch the way the Packers game ended, when you watch the way the Bills game ended, obviously... And Justin Tucker obviously right. Sure. I mean,
2: McLaughlin just, missed a field goal. It's what everybody's talking about right now, Adam, is is Harrison Butker and his <laughs> importance to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs>
0: they should. I mean, forget this guy. He's just I want to give him some credit just for how good he has been. If you have a if you need a money kick, he's one of the best there
2: is, man, especially
0: when it's cold. Anyway, how you guys doing?
3: That was a great day of football. It great. was
2: an awesome weekend of football.
0: After the first game, yeah. Well, the
2: first half of the first game was pretty great. I mean, they had a punt return, and it was just—it was—it was was still good. They found a way to hold Baltimore to ten points.
3: I had—I thought.
2: uh, I I wonder who's going to make. I actually got a call from my dad. He was like, "Whoever makes the better second half adjustments is going to end up winning this game." And I thought to myself, "Okay, that's going to be Baltimore."
3: And sure enough, it was. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Lamar looks great. He
2: does.
0: I get a question here. Are we going to get a Heath cameo victory cigar <laughs> appearance? Maybe next week. But yeah, you can't celebrate winning the divisional round if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Well,
3: uh, to be fair, uh, when you asked us because we're doing the Sunday night, you asked us uh, who can because yeah, um, who, who wants to come on the Sunday night show. And he said, it's probably a bad idea if I come on. So he was prepared one way or the other. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, It would have been fun, though. Um, All right, we'll get a fantasy winner, a fantasy loser from the four games from the weekend. And we'll uh, talk about some news and notes. We have some head coach news. We have an interesting quote about about Anthony Richardson that I want to read. And then I'll get one question for each eliminated team. But let's start with a fantasy winner from the weekend. Anybody got a fantasy winner from the weekend?
3: Lamar Jackson. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, you know, he's 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 we'll see what he does next week because he does this, right? He has four touchdown games and then he follows them up with 17 fantasy points. It's not out of character for him.
3: Well, I mean, I again, you know, this is coming off now back to back weeks of when we're starting to do our rankings, you know, getting ideas for 2024. And it's easy to say right now because he's done it and he did it tonight, Josh Allen's number one quarterback. You could see a case for Lamar Jackson to be two. You know, I mean, if he continues to develop in this offense and Jalen Hurts maybe takes a step back, especially if the tush-push goes away, Kelsey's gone, uh, at least we assume, Jason Kelsey. And, you know, what does the rest of the team look like around him? That Lamar Jackson has the ability to do that if he wants to. I think he can do that if he wants to almost every time. Right, that's you know, how I like, feel. It just, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just feels like it. You know, I mean, obviously he can't. But, um, you know, Zay Flowers gets better. Mark Andrews comes back. We'll see what they do to, you know, continue to tweak the offense. But another year in Todd Monken's system, like, yeah. why not Lamar Jackson, number two? Uh,
0: yeah. Um, well, how close was he to Jalen Hurts this week? I mean, I can't really. I don't think I or this year I meant. I don't know that I can make that case. You say, why not? I think the answer would just be Jalen Hurts has been a lot better than him the last couple of seasons. And he has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith.
3: Well, I mean, I I, I would throw out the two years, the year prior, you know, because Jalen Hurts is – Big season, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson's been banged up for two seasons. And again, you know, they they change coordinators, they bring in weapons. You know, look, I don't I don't think Odell Beckham's the long term answer at number the number two receiver, but you know, do they get more creative with using Andrews and Likely and Flowers? And now another receiver is brought in, you know, like there's there's still rooms room to grow in this offense. So I mean, obviously it's is easy to say Jalen Hurts is is number two. Um, but I think you know we're we're, we're certainly rounding into shape the, the top four wide f- top four quarterbacks you know of of Allen Hertz Lamar and Mahomes in some order. They were speaking of time. rounding.
2: Mm-hmm. If you round their fantasy points per game to the nearest tenth of a point, mm-hmm. Jackson and Hertz tied last year, twenty three point seven fantasy points per game each. You can go ahead and guess which one had the better average in four points this yeah, is uh, when you guys yeah. guess. Well, actually, yeah. no,
0: I would I would guess Hurts because he had the 15 rushing touchdowns.
2: By 0. 0.3 points per game. So they were pretty darn close. Hurts was a little bit more consistent than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. If things go awry in Philadelphia, I think it's an easy case to put Lamar Jackson at number two.
3: Dave, who's a well, fan? I of remember him? how you had it ranked, Dave. For me, it was uh, Allen. I think I
2: had Mahomes in that mix, too.
3: We, we all had the same top four. It was just a matter of what the order was. Um mm-hmm. For for me, it was Lamar over Mahomes. So Lamar was third, Mahomes was fourth.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to go by what happened last year. I'm going to have Carson Wentz one. He was number one in points per game. Josh Allen, Josh Allen two, and Joe Flacco three. All right, Dave, who's your fantasy winner uh, from the
2: weekend? How about a guy who caught two touchdowns just in time to make his fantasy managers happy as hell? And that's Travis Kelsey. Turn back the clock. He did, and I wonder if if he has an offseason that's normal. And First of all, he's got to decide to come back, and I think he's hinted that he will. But if he doesn't have injuries slowing him down, I I wonder if he comes back and kind of surprises us all. And this game against Buffalo was a pretty good example of what we're used to seeing
3: from him. Yeah. He had gone, what, six games, five games in a row without a touchdown? Like two years.
0: It was five or six. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking about it on – on our DFS show on Thursday, our, well, that portion of it, it's like maybe, maybe he's due. I don't know if you believe in due, but it was hard to keep a guy like that at the end zone for too long.
3: Well, I mean, no, I, I I think you looked at the game last week, you know, seven for 71, had the two bad drops. Um, it was just kind of a really a microcosm, I think, of the the second half of the season for him, you know, still heavily targeted, just not producing at a high level. And look, he had a big game tonight, you know, in terms of finding the end zone. So that was that was great to see. Uh, there was at least one report prior to the game that he is considering retirement at the end of the season. But he, like you said, Dave, he did hint that he would return. So it'll set, it'll definitely be something. You know, you wonder win it, win a Super Bowl, walk sure. off as as a winner, or try and come back and and run it back one more time. You know, I mean, like he's, he's tied to you know clearly the the best quarterback in the league. Not you know non fantasy related. You know, in terms of what Mahomes is able to you know achieve and accomplish. So it would be uh, probably be tough to walk away.
2: Let me see how much money he'd have to walk away from. Oh, his. I no, think he's he's, about money. he's all right now. It's you know? actually like a sweet. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, Go we'll ahead. see. <laughs> he's got to put a ring on it first. Uh, if if he if he plays out his contract, it's two more years. Base salary is a little under thirty million. It's actually kind of a sweetheart deal for the Chiefs for the last two seasons. We'll see what he does.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get a fantasy loser from the weekend. Fantasy loser. A loser.
2: Oh, I don't want to give this guy a loser. Come on, Dave, do it. It makes me sad. But Jaden Reed, second week in a row, second huge game for Green Bay. And there's just too much spreading of the ball around. And I know that he's not at 100%. He really hasn't been playing like a full allotment of snaps for several weeks now. But even though he was second on the team in, in receiving yards, it was only 35. Four for four, four targets, four catches, thirty-five yards. He had a nine-yard run. I want to be excited about this guy. I love the talent, but I'm I'm a little nervous now going into the off season that the Packers. they don't have to add anything at wide receiver. They are loaded and they are deep. They've got a great quarterback. They can actually improve their offensive line and make that an even bigger strength. Could they just continue to spread the ball around? And if that's the case taking Jaden Reed with a top 50 or maybe even a top 60 pick could be a mistake.
3: So this is, this was, I wrote this after last week's game for the playoff stock watch, which we do after every weekend of a playoff action on cbssports.com. Uh, so in the five games that Christian Watson missed at the end of the season, Reed had four games with at least 15.2 PPR points. He only scored more than 15 PPR points twice all season when Watson was healthy and so clearly he benefits. That goes without saying when there's one less person there. And so I know Adam, this was a little bit of a concern for you during that stretch when will Watson return? Will he won't return at the end of the regular season. And so it it makes it a little tough to potentially overdraft Jaden Reed. And you know, again, you know, you go over the course of the season, he was their leading receiver. He was, uh, I believe, second in points per game among rookie wide receivers behind Tank Dell. He's just slightly edged Zay Flowers and and Rashi Rice. Uh, But yes, it it, it might be a little bit tough. Now, again, you hope year two, uh, this is going to be a a very good system. Clearly, Jordan Love is on the rise and and, and one of the young quarterbacks that you want to attach yourself to. But, um, you know, between what Dobbs has done, what Watson hopefully will still do, what Dontavian Wicks might be able to do, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. They have two young tight ends that are certainly going to be, you know, in the mix. And I know we'll talk about Aaron Jones in a second, but um it might make it just okay, they're all kind of tiered, but Dart throw number three wide receivers to number four wide receivers, and not necessarily someone you want to draft as a Mustar guy. We had this conversation when we did the mock draft. I, I took Jaden Reed as the third receiver. I was very excited about it at the time, and I still would be. Um, but these last two weeks are definitely a little bit, you know, discouraging. Plus, I mean, let, let's just you know, maybe give him a little bit of benefit. Value. He has been playing through a chest right. injury. Who knows yeah. how much he's been hurt?
0: Well, the thing is, like Watson hasn't been doing anything. It just happens to be Romeo Dobbs' turn right now.
3: Well, I, I think it's just it's just you know more bodies time. on yeah. the field sure. and how much you know I, I don't know what his you know playing time has been. I haven't checked the the Snapchat, but um, that's probably something that factors into is that you know he's just losing a few opportunities.
0: Yeah, I would say so. And, I mean, sixty and the run 60%. game has
3: definitely been going. Remember, he was a big part of the run game during that stretch.
0: All right, uh, do you want to give a fantasy loser, Jamie?
3: I mean it's to me it's 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 a low hanging fruit, but Stefan Diggs, once again, you know, I mean, this is just another bad game for him. And you know, I've said this a lot and gotten a little pushback on it. You know, will he be on the team next year? I don't know if there's a team that's going to, you know, covet him to the level of maybe what he brings to the Bills, which, you know, he's been a very good teammate. There was never a uh he wants out because they want him out or just I I it just felt like you know, going by what happened earlier in the season and maybe not getting the opportunities and the targets and the production that he wants I mean they've certainly fed him the ball you know we've talked about this a lot that you know even when Joe Brady came and they ran the ball more the target share has still been there so they still treated him like a number one receiver he's getting paid certainly handsomely enough like a, a number one wide receiver It's just a matter of you know is he frustrated and, and does he want to try and maybe force his way out who knows um, I'm sure this ending is, is not what he wanted because he came there to win a Super Bowl and, the, and, and they fall short once again. So we'll see how this, you know, all plays out. But it feels a little bit like maybe he's hitting that mark for receivers when they turn 30 and not separating, not doing the things that you typically see. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not I'm not saying that's happening. But, you know, the production certainly says, says that, you know, based on what we saw in the last nine games now, you know, two games over 50 yards receiving in that stretch. So is he still the same guy? Is he still somebody you want to covet? We, we talked about this last week. Is he a top 12 wide receiver? I'm not sure. I know I, I certainly won't be drafting him that way. You know, I'll let somebody else take that no. hit. Um, but I was going to say, you know, another winner for me is certainly Khalil Shakir. And I, I think just him being in a full-time role is going to be fun. Um, if Gabe Davis does leave as a free agent. So we'll see how this bills receiving court looks like. And, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit more, but um, Diggs is definitely somebody you got to be worried about.
0: Well, if they do get rid of him, let's put him on the giants a little Dable, little Dable connection there. Yeah, Bring him back. Fun. We need a number one receiver there. Put him on the Giants. That's, That's a team
2: that would probably be interested. Mm-hmm. Another one might be Dallas. Ooh, I don't brother, know if got the space to do the it. Ooh, play with fighting. his brother. Can you imagine that duo with Dak Prescott? Holy cow. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'll be awesome in the regular season before McCarthy <laughs> blows a form in the playoffs again. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I got a fun player comparison
3: for you. I think you. Dan Quinn blew it for him in the playoffs.
0: I think the players blew it for him in the playoffs. I think the Packers blew it for him in the playoffs. So, you know, like, there's, the Cowboys are soft.
3: Just wait till we get to the
2: Bills.
0: You know, I was thinking something. The Cow- I feel like the Cowboys are soft, and I th- I was wondering, why do I
2: think that? I can't believe you're calling people soft.
0: Like, not, no, not the players. It's just the team in general. I think it's because of their jersey color. I think they need to to make them darker. I I look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins could be the toughest team. I'd be like, that team is so soft. Their logo, their colors, everything is – like the colors of the seats in the stadium, they're marshmallows. They're just soft. That's how I feel about the
2: Cowboys. You've been hanging out with your kids too long. (laughs) You're picking the teams and who's tough and who's soft based on logos and colors.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, I have a player comparison for you here. Both of these guys – I'm going to give you stats. It's 17 game paces for their rookie seasons as quarterbacks, okay? Not the same rookie season, okay? So this is their 17 game pace. And I'll start out by saying that they both had air yard per pass attempt right around nine yards, which is really high. And they both completed about 63.5% of their passes, which is really low. One of them was on pace for 4,608 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 18 interceptions.
2: Sounds like Flacco.
0: One of them was on pace for 4,656 yards, so very about 50 more yards, 26 touchdowns, but only six interceptions. So they had the, basically the same amount of yards per you know yards per game, um, same a dot, same completion percentage. One threw a lot more touchdowns and a lot more interceptions. These are both recent, fairly recent rookies, and this is their 17-game pace in, as rookies. How many years apart? In the last
2: five years, I think. Four or five years. But one, neither two, of them two. are actual rookies now. I didn't say that. Okay, so I feel like C.J. Stroud is one of C. J. them. C.J.
0: Stroud is player B.
2: The one with the interceptions, the low interceptions. The low
0: interceptions,
3: yeah. And obviously the last five years, not a recent rookie.
0: Yeah. Last five years.
3: Um, with the interceptions
0: 40, he was on pace for 4,600 yards, 35 touchdowns at 18 interceptions
3: this year. No, as a rookie Joe Burrow. No, good guess. Baker Mayfield.
0: I just thought I'd send shivers down everyone's spine. So I was like, boy, that's a really, like we're going to talk about Stroud later. That's a really low completion percentage. What what about some other rookies? And his rookie season and Baker Mayfield's rookie season, they have some similarities. It's just a tease for what's coming up later. We're going to take a break. We'll give you the news and notes and one question for each eliminated team. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Here
0: are your news items. The Raiders hired
1: Antonio Pierce
0: to be their head coach. And, Dave, what stands out to me here is Pierce really felt like a guy that wants to be sort of old school, win at the line of scrimmage, and we saw when they were leading it would be very common for Josh Jacobs to have more than 20 carries, 25 care. You know, I feel like he's mm-hmm. that hard nose run the ball kind of guy. What do you think about this hire for the Raiders?
2: I feel like he's the Raiders version of Dan Campbell. <laughs> that he's, he's going to set the tone for how the team's going to prepare and have the right mindset and be aggressive on the field, both sides of the ball, as far as being physical and tough. That's what he's. That's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, very curious what he's going to do at offensive coordinator. He had a pretty decent play caller in Bo agreed, and he let him go. And so who's going to be the new play caller in Las Vegas? That's something that's going to be of interest. Uh, Do they keep who they have at defensive coordinator, or do they move on there? They might have moved on. I don't know if that news is out. But I I think it's a positive for the Raiders. And the other thing that I love about it is that their defense really turned around with Pierce as the interim head coach last year. So I think that this is something that could change the fortunes considerably of Las Vegas.
3: Got to find a quarterback. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, the coordinator, I think, is going to matter because – you know, and, and that was the reports after he got the job was, you know, he he's going to focus on what he knows and bring in people that he will hopefully help him, you know, supplement what he doesn't know. You heard Marvin Harris, Marvin, Marvin Harris, Marvin Lewis's name mentioned, you know, as mm-hmm. you know, one of those type of guys that could be an assistant head coach or someone to bring in there. But in, in, in any event, um, quarterback and coordinator, you know, that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like D'Amico Ryans, you know, gets the right quarterback, gets the right coordinator. Defense was was an improvement. But those those things I think helped him as a young head coach. And I think the same thing would be the case for Pierce.
0: Antonio Pierce coached nine games for the Raiders. A running back had 20 or more carries in six of those games. Three for Zamir White, three for Josh Jacobs. Zamir White also had a 17 carry game. So, and that was that crazy Chargers game, you know, where they blew him out. Um, all right, Mike McCarthy is not gonna get a contract extension. He's gonna be a lame duck coach. Pittsburgh fired their Previously demoted, or Philadelphia rather, fired their previously demoted defensive coordinator. Uh, A lot of reports about Atlanta and Bill Belichick. And according to our Jonathan Jones, they desperately want Bill Belichick. Arthur Blank desperately wants him. So we'll see if that happens. Remember that song Mm. Desperately Wanting by Better Than Ezra Dave?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like good better than Desperately Wanting. That's a bad take. It's a bad take. Good's a good song.
0: It is, but it's not Desperately Wanting. Uh, Debo Samuel hurt his shoulder. That's a big one we're going to have to talk about. And also, I think Joe Tooney saw the update just a little while ago, got hurt. Yeah, he's got a pectoral injury. That's Chiefs All-Pro guard Joe Tooney. He's got an injury that he's dealing with. That's a big one for them. And yeah, Indianapolis GM Chris Ballard said that Anthony Richardson is a legitimate passer. And he also said that that was something he was worried about. He was almost surprised to see how good of a passer Richardson was in the limited action. So, me too, Chris. I think all honestly all of us I, I think his of passing course. took of a lot course, of people of by course. surprise yeah All right one question for each eliminated team so Houston what can hold CJ Stroud back from being among the fantasy elite
2: Well I think you kind of outlined this when you brought up his rookie stats and what his pace would be he had a low interception rate and what happens if he throws more interceptions in his second year and he doesn't necessarily improve his passing touchdown number as well. So 28 to 30 touchdowns, that's always a good number to be around. But what if it's with 14 interceptions? What if the yardage is right around 38, 3,900? A good year, but not a top five type of year. And that's the type of thing that could happen if they if they lose Bobby Slowick, A new coordinator comes in, not as good as Bobby Slowick, Doesn't work as well with the current st- the current players. I think that that could happen. That could be something that that brings it down. Now, it's really hard to expect all that to be like a lock to happen when you consider, just on, on its face right now, the division. Look at the matchups that he has next year with Jacksonville, Indiana, and Tennessee. I'm not sure any of those defenses are going to turn it around and be dominant. So there's six games right there that I think C.J. Stroud can be at least as good as he was this year in, if not a step better Provided that Tank Dell's healthy, that's obviously another thing. What if Tank Dell, you know, struggles to get back into form after breaking his his ankle or his leg? It was his leg. Um, stuff like that. Personnel not being as good as they were this year. That could be the other thing that holds him back.
3: Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's a, a lot of great points. I, I think the Slowick loss would be huge if they don't, if they change systems. You know, you wonder if they just promote mm-hmm. from within, if Slowic Louis right. leaves. And just keep things on on this on a similar plane first Stroud. Um I don't I don't know if the addition of and and you kind of touched on this a little bit with Antonio Pierce, if the run game improves, do we see, you know, maybe more of a emphasis on the ground game? Now Dave brought up one thing about the interceptions. You're gonna probably hear a lot in the training camp offseason process of at least I hope so, because this is when quarterbacks take that leap statistically, you know, there's very few guys that do like Aaron Rodgers comes to mind where they're just, you know, anti-interception. And I know like Pete Prisco, for example, he's had these conversations with Aaron Rodgers and he's told him, he said, throw more interceptions. And, and Roger's like, why would I want to do that? It's because you're taking more chances. And, you know, a lot of quarterbacks are like that. You know I mean? Look, we saw two in particular this weekend that threw costly interceptions. Jordan loves was the one I think that sort of stands out. He's going to his right, throwing across his body, trying to make a play. And those are the ones you want to avoid. But from our purposes, while the, the minus two sucks, it tends to lead to more opportunities to make some big plays. And so I think you're going to hear a lot, like I said, in, in training camp of Stroud is throwing more interceptions, throwing more turnovers. And that's because they're trying things to maybe, you know, open up his game a little bit more. So we'll see. Um, I think off- offensive line's huge too. You know I mean? If he can get, more Consistent offensive line play that could help him take a step forward. But the one thing I think, Adam, just to answer your question in, in a very long winded way, um, to keep him from being elite, if he ran a little bit more, yes, you know, that, yep. that I think sort bing, of keeps bing, bing. him from getting to that next level. Because as a passer, I think he's going to be among the better ones. Um, receiving core is fantastic, or at least has a chance to be. So if he can run a little bit more, that'll put him in that next level.
0: Yeah. Look, I brought up the Baker Mayfield comparison. I just thought it was interesting from a profile standpoint. It's shocking that he hasn't thrown more interceptions because you can't say to CJ Stroud, go take more chances. He had the second highest air yards per pass attempt in the NFL behind only Will Levis. And he still threw only five uh, interceptions. He's going to throw more interceptions next year. There's there's almost no way, you know, nobody can throw five interceptions two years in a row, basically. So, um, yeah, you have to be. Maybe Aaron Rodgers has done that or Brady or something. But uh, so that's fine. He'll throw more touchdowns too. Twenty three touchdowns. He had a pretty low touchdown rate. Um, and I would point out, like, he had I think eight games. Eight games where he both tanked Dell and Nico Collins played more than half the snaps. He scored more than 20 fantasy points in six of those eight games. And in one of the two that he didn't, he scored 19.3 fantasy points. So he was just incredible when they were both on the field. But yeah, the rushing totals, his 17-game pace was 189 rushing yards. Over the last five seasons, we have had three quarterbacks finish in the top five overall with less than 200 rushing yards. Six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Only three quarterbacks. Rodgers, Brady, and Stafford was QB5. So that could keep him.
3: All right, second question. I heard a wild stat just on quarterback rushing this week that I didn't confirm, but I assume it's true. I do a a South Florida podcast with uh, Jonathan Zaslow, who uh, was on on the radio station in South Florida for many years, and he has his own podcast now. Um, He's told me that Tua Tungavailoa only ran for six first downs the entire season.
0: That actually, I would have taken the under on that. Like,
3: that's amazing to me.
0: To a never runs.
3: <laughs> he but, never but, runs. Like, not, we're not talking about rushing touchdowns. First downs. Yeah, wow. That's, like, you should get one a game. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. All right, uh, here's a, an Aaron Jones question for Green Bay. Can Aaron Jones thrive at age 29? He just turned 29. Next year will be his true age 29 season, but he'll be an old 29 Dave, can Aaron Jones, six straight games with 18 or more carries and over 100 rushing yards against really good run defenses too, mm-hmm. can he do it again next year?
2: I think he can, but I'm I'm worried about for how long and I'm worried about how many touches he actually gets because the Packers, we, we talked about him when we talked about Jaden Reed. They seem set at wide receiver. They're definitely set at quarterback maybe need a little bit of help at offensive line, they, they should and most likely will add another running back either in the draft or from this rich crop of free agent veteran running backs that are out there. Someone to help Aaron Jones, someone to safeguard themselves. Jones got hurt this year. Why not have another running back ready to go? Possibly someone who could be a long-term plan if Aaron Jones misses time, 29 years old, again next year. So I think you almost have to look at him in the same way that we looked at Raheem Mostert. Remember what we said about Raheem Mostert during draft season? Yeah, you can take him, and sure, he'll probably help you get off to a good start, but once age catches up with him, once he wears down, he'll be phased out of the offense, and he won't be any good. Now, in the case of Raheem Mostert last year, that never happened. He was awesome at the start of the year, hung around pretty much the majority of the season. Fantasy playoffs, he wasn't so great but he was someone that kind of broke through that mold. I don't know if Aaron Jones can do that, but you draft him with the idea that he helps you get off to a good start this season. And then maybe you draft the guy with him, and you just lock up that Packers backfield.
3: I mean, we're not talking about someone that you're going to invest heavily in. you know. So that's True. the best part about it is, and we've seen it now in two drafts. We did a PPR draft, we did a half PPR draft, round five, round six is when he's come off the board. And so you know, you're looking at if you go – hero RB and that's your second guy. I don't know if you want to be your first guy in a, in a zero RB standpoint, but I mean, clearly he was fantastic for the Packers. You know, I mean, you look at the game two weeks ago against the Cowboys, three touchdowns, hundred yards. Like you said, it's been a pretty impressive stretch, but we got to remember what the regular season was like too: ankle injury, hamstring injury. You know, he missed time and you know, that's only going to potentially get worse as, as he gets older. Mm -hmm. So, The draft will be telling, free agency will be telling, you know, if they bring in an also-ran type of guy, then I think you feel confident about Aaron Jones. If they draft somebody on day two, then it's okay. Maybe we got to be a little bit worried. But, you know, this is a a team that typically doesn't spend a lot of money in certain places. I don't know if they're going to go be aggressive. I don't think this is going to be a Derrick Henry sweepstakes type of thing. You know, not that he's the end-all-be-all all, uh, of guys out there, but you know, I mean, he's going to be the biggest name.
0: Well, they get pretty old. Um, uh, well, what about Saquon? they had those two guys.
3: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess if, if Saquon and, and Jacobs get free, um, yeah. it, it'd be it'd be surprising if those are you know the type of guys that end up there, but you never know. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a great system. You know, it's an offense that's on a rise. It's 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 clearly a, a, a coaching staff that trusts him. He wanted to be there. Remember, he restructured his deal to stay in twenty twenty three. You know, to mm. remain in the Green Bay. And so. Um, I I think, I think if he is the lead running back, low end number two, high end flex, that's the type of guy you want to treat him as.
2: You mentioned where he went in our drafts. He didn't even go 75th overall in our first two mocks. So you're right about that. 77th in the half PPR, 89th in the full PPR. So that's going to be the range somewhere between 75 and 90. Uh, until the draft, and then after the draft, who knows? Like he could fall even farther. The Packers. He may, he may
3: actually move up, though. I mean, again, if there's no if there's no competition, I guess. Of, of I guess there's a chance. Broad. And, and just you know, t- just to put a, a, an asterisk by our drafts, we're doing it with you know basically an empty draft board of oh, I forgot about this guy. <laughs> you know, Let me go draft him. Right.
2: Oh, but I, I, I would think that after one draft, that would get remedied. It, maybe, it, he maybe, went higher. Maybe could, he went higher in the second one. He did. He went 12 spots higher, full round higher. Uh, the Packers could save over $11 million bucks if they designated him a post-June 1st cut. So that would, that would hurt a little bit to see Aaron Jones moving on from Green Bay, but it, it's an option. I think I, my money's on him restructuring yep. and being part of a two-headed backfield.
0: Well, since he entered the league in 2017, among all running backs with, what did I do here, 500 or more carries, that's 53 running backs, he is third in yards per carry. Nick Chubb, one, Raheem Mostert, two, Aaron Jones, three. He is actually putting together an incredible career. Um, yeah, he's going to be one of the more underrated players of his generation, I'd say. you know It's really, really awesome. Um, and then, you know, there'll be time another on another show for going through all the running backs who have been good or bad at age 29, but it's mostly bad. It's mostly bad. I, I would say Derrick <laughs> Henry was actually, you know, okay, but, yep. you know, he's one of the success, success stories, excuse me, success stories. Mark Ingram is the best one that I've seen in recent years uh, with a good age 29 season with Baltimore and then pretty bad after that. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about one question for two more eliminated teams, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. We'll be right back on FFT.
1: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: So I just recorded FFT and 5 with Dave before the show. Jamie, you're off the hook. And um, Dave said that they're wasting Josh Allen's prime in Buffalo. And you know who I thought of, Dave? This will make you smile. I thought about when I was growing up and those New York Knicks never beating those stinking Chicago Bulls. And not just the Knicks, but every other team in the Michael Jordan Eastern Conference, just and Western, just couldn't beat that guy. And that is what Mahomes is doing to the Buffalo Bills year after year. It's how sad.
2: I thought that the one move that the Bills should make right now is, you know, covertly get on the phone with someone that knows Bill Belichick and see if he'd be interested. Because they've tried with Sean McDermott. They, they've they given it their best shot many times. How do you get over the hump and finally beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Yeah. Well, Belichick's you, done it.
0: I'll tell you. Patrick Mahomes retires for two years, plays <laughs> baseball, okay. and then the Knicks lose in the – in the NBA Finals instead of the Eastern Conference Finals, and then the Magic sure. lose in the NBA Finals the year after that, and then Mahomes comes back after two years in spring training and re wash, rinse, repeat.
2: That's what happened. I, I think the Bills should fire McDermott and hire Bill Belichick. It's it's an unholy alliance on the same level as uh, Undertaker with Mr. McMahon, nineties WWE reference.
3: But that would be uh, that would I, be <laughs> Belichick being hired. A- as a head coach for three of the AFC East team?
2: I know. It would be it would be something. I could almost see him getting hired by Atlanta and then scribbling on a napkin at a Chick-fil-A <laughs> in Atlanta that he's leaving to go to the Buffalo Bills, he, and he resigns. Um, but I, I, I know that people are like, I asked some Bills fans about it and said, what do you think? And half of them were like, no, we can't have him. And the other half were like, I'm ready. Sean McDermott's got to go. That's no. an upgrade over McDermott as far as scheming goes preparing players. I, I know we can't really put this loss on Sean McDermott, but I, I just feel like he's taken them as far as he can.
0: Uh, yeah, I I think it's a good take. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you. I, I, I would... For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, if you're younger, Michael Jordan ruled the NBA in the 90s, and then he took two years off to play baseball, and the Bulls did not make the NBA Finals those two years. And then he came back, and they won three more championships.
3: I mean, Well, he was suspended for gambling.
0: In, you know, that's the conspiracy theory, sure, but he, was, but he was not officially, and I actually never saw him play basketball, but I did see him play baseball in a spring training game. Uh, nice. Yankees-White Sox it was pretty funny. So, um, yeah, I just, like... Were you going to fire Pat Riley because he couldn't beat Michael Jordan? Mahomes makes a lot of coaches look bad. And Pat Riley went to the Heat, you know, and he was the man. So I, I think if you're a Bills fan, you just got to accept Pat, it's Patrick Mahomes' world, and everyone else is just living in it right now. That's that's what I think.
3: This was the year, you know. He he said it. Um, he was like, if if, if this, what do he say? Uh, they'll rip rip their souls out. Um, yeah, that they did. Down year for Mahomes. Down year for Kelsey on the road in their building, like, man, they had everything set up so perfectly. Now, look, the, the Bills' injuries, I think, played a part defensively. Of course. You know, they really couldn't stop the Chiefs. Um, no problem. But that's it's a great call, Dave, you know, because the, the thing that the, the report was about Belichick going to the Falcons, he wanted to go to an underachieving team. Well, you th- you typically think underachieving as can't make it to the playoffs, can't win your division. Like, this is, this is the ideal situation of – getting the guy with you know well, you have six rings seven rings um to yeah. you know go in there and and maybe you know get them over the hump if that's what would be the final you know thing but um man it would it'd be it'd be fun
2: eight rings knows the division definitely knows the patriots after the patriots kind of sort of forced him out wow
0: yeah uh but who wins that game if you switch their kickers <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what are well, you gonna blame McDermott for that? I really believe that if, if they had Harrison Bucker, they would have won that game. If and if you switched Bass and Butker, probably the, the Bills win the game. Um, all right, let's uh well we can stick with the Bills here. Um, question for the Bills. Does Dalton Kincaid become elite in 2024?
3: So what we saw from him at the in the last Three games going back to, and what was his final stat line? I didn't see. Five
0: for fifty. Uh, it was five for forty-five. On he led the right, team so in receiving. Oh, he led the team in receiving. Out of one hundred and eighty-six yards, it's a good game, you know.
3: Okay. For, for, so for Allen, he wanted, the, the last three games, and into the season, when Dawson Knox wasn't there, he was a star. And the last three games, Gabe Davis wasn't there, and two of those games he was a star. And so it feels as if somebody's missing. He's got a chance to be a star. And Gabe Davis is a free agent right now, so yeah, I think so. Um, when when I looked at the tight end rankings for all of us, the seven people who did the rankings, he was one of the first people I was looking for because it was you knew who the guys at the top would be. It would be the two young tight ends that everybody has at the at the top of the list in some way, shape, or form. The the in the top four were Trey McBride and Sam Laporta. Laporta was was ahead of McBride, but those were in the in the top four for everybody. And then it was. Where's Kelsey? Where's Andrews? And then Kincaid was kind of in that next group. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we don't see a significant receiver addition. You know, again, and, and I'm not talking about Stefan Diggs leaving. Stefan Diggs is still there. But if no significant receivers brought in to replace Gabe Davis and they say, okay, we're going with Shakir, we're going with Kincaid, he's got the pedigree. And he certainly showed that he can do it in, in, in some, some key spots this season when they needed him. And so – yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the team at targets next year. You know, I mean he's got that much upside. So he's gonna be somebody that I'm excited about. He's gonna be, I think, a lot of people's breakout lists uh for next season. Mm-hmm. Um and and understandably so and deservedly so. You know, I mean he's second year tight ends. We always know what those those guys tend to accomplish. It happened for McBride this year too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you don't want to take one of the potential top four. He's going to be in the next group, which I know Adam's going to say. Well, that's the tier where everybody <laughs> can't yeah, kill killed. Unfortunately,
0: us. But, um,
3: but I I, I, think he's little, I think he's a little bit different. And he might be in that in that first tier. You know, it could be a little bit deeper this year.
0: Not every tight end in that tier is bad, but yeah, we do get burned in that uh, in that tier. It's like the,
3: it's it's the OJ Howard tier. The oh, yeah.
0: Once upon a time, I remember it was the Greg Olson tier. Was the Mark Andrews tier? Sometimes uh, it works out. All right yep. for Tampa Bay. Is anyone going to be exci- excited about Chris Godwin in 2024? Because we have talked a lot about Evans, uh, Rashad White, but haven't talked much about Chris Godwin. Anyone going to be excited about him in 2024?
2: Any chance they move him back to the slot? Is Evans there?
0: Uh, let's, let's do this as if, yes, Evans is there.
2: Evans is there. Baker's there. Canales is there. Like They run it back all the way. Does Trey Palmer bump Godwin back into the slot? And if that were to happen, I'd be a little more intrigued by Godwin and PPR. But short of that, no. Wouldn't be excited
3: I'm, at all. I'm going to be excited about his value because nobody's overdrafting Chris Godwin this season.
2: Yeah, He went so, ahead of Aaron Jones in our drafts.
3: He went ahead of Aaron Jones? He did. Yeah. And I Dalton mean- Kincaid. I think when you when you look at where you can get him for what he still can do, and now we're talking about Mike Evans at 31. Um, yeah, for sure.
0: The next wide receivers after Chris Godwin in the half PPR draft that we did, he was the first pick of round seven, were DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, and Khalil Shakir, and Deontay Johnson. Mm, I don't really like... Round seven so much right Kind of now. an ugly tier. Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Johnson.
3: Hmm. Deontay Johnson and Chris Godwin feel very similar to me. You know, like you, you, you kind of know what you're getting. There's not what feels like a lot of upside, mostly for Johnson with the quarterback situation. Um, I mean, look, Godwin had one game this season where Mike Evans left early and he was an absolute monster. And so, you know, if they move on from Mike Evans, then there's a lot to love about Chris Godwin. But, you know, you're not giving us that option. Um, (laughs) But But that's what it takes. In in the case of wide receivers that you're taking as your number three, if you don't invest heavily in the position, it's not bad. Love him as a wide receiver. I think he was my fourth receiver in the PPR draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So, yeah, I, I love that opportunity to draft him like that. But. You know, you want to draft him as a, a, a number two receiver? No.
2: Do you think he can get over 13 PPR points per game? Yes. yes. He didn't this past year, and it's a three-year low. He's been over at least 14 PPR points per game each of the last two years. Consider the quarterback. Consider the role. Consider that he's getting up there in age. We talk about Evans being 31. Godwin's going to be 28. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel prime. quite as good yeah. about it if, if, uh, if, if they're running it back. I can't feel good about Godwin.
0: Yeah, he also has five touchdowns. Chris Godwin has five touchdowns in his last two seasons on 272 targets. This year, though, I would say a little unlucky. There were 25 players with 10 or more end zone targets this Mm -hmm. year. Godwin had the fewest touchdown catches of any of those players. He was the only one that didn't have at least three. He had two touchdown catches all year. And 22 of those 25 players had five or more touchdown passes. And I remember doing this exercise of looking at all of his end zone targets at least up till maybe two-thirds through the season. And I don't understand. Baker Mayfield just, it's like, it's like he thought Chris Godwin was twice as tall. Or, or like 600 pounds because he just is throwing it so inaccurately. Like he's not, his arms don't go that far. So Baker, they did not have a good connection, those two. I mean, like a 62% catch rate or something like that for Chris Goblin, who had been over 71% four straight years. They just didn't have a good connection. But then they got hot late in the year, the last four games. He was the number seven wide receiver in PPR. He had seven more targets than Mike Evans, he had uh, 130 more yards than Mike Evans.
3: It was after the Carolina game when he went without a catch.
0: Right. Yes, it was. So I actually do think he'd be a good pick in the seventh round, maybe more so. Yeah, for for,
3: for me, for sure. I I think the one thing to to keep an eye on, this is one of the more fascinating teams to look at in the offseason because, yes, they want a division. Yes, they want a playoff game. But it's such a bad division. Like – I love Dave's call on Belichick to the Patriots. But if I'm Belichick, it's almost like the same thing Tom Brady did. It's like you're looking at that division, and it's so wide open to win right away. You know, like you go to Atlanta, you end up with the right quarterback. They could dominate that division for the next couple of years because I don't think Carolina is very good, and I don't think Bryce Young is going to be great. Atlanta doesn't. I mean, Tampa Bay doesn't feel like it's a, a, a juggernaut by any stretch. Like it easily take a step back, especially with all the potential changes that could happen. And New Orleans is old as hell. You know, so. It's an easy situation with all those skill players that are so young in Atlanta. Get the right quarterback there, they can win that division for the next five years.
0: You know, maybe the right quarterback for the Buccaneers for the Falcons is currently on the Buccaneers.
3: Uh Kyle Trask. No, no Baker Mayfield. Uh, what if it, no? They're gonna steal away Baker. Yeah, I don't think Baker's leaving. I think they're keeping Baker. Yeah, yeah. Think. what's his? Do they franchise
0: like? tag him? Is he a free agent? Yes. Right. So that's
2: what I thought. That they could always franchise tag him and pay him thirty something million. Go the Kirk Cousins route. I, just,
3: I really want to see Justin Fields to Atlanta. Yeah, that would be that would be. I mean, fun, it would fun until he overthrows it, Kyle Pitts. It wouldn't
0: be great for Pitts in London. You're you're going to be talking about still like one of the lowest passing yards. You, you yard say stores. that
3: though, but I mean, Cole Kmet and DJ Moore are pretty good with Justin. Mm-hmm. Not Kmet really. I mean, Moore. Yeah, it's an absolutely. upgrade. It's an upgrade. But it's also Cole Komet and Kyle Pitts are not the same.
0: No, but I—it's just—it's hard with a mobile quarterback. It's not a knock on Justin Fields; just a fact—he's going to be among the lowest passers in terms of yards and attempts in the NFL. It's like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP. It's not like he supported two receivers. It's just hard for these guys to do that, you know?
3: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not completely disagreeing with you, but I think anything at this point is better than Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's that's true. But it's—I'd rather have Caleb Williams. but I
3: don't think well, that's Caleb Williams is going to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, no, no that's not going to happen. I was sorry. I got confused with the bears there for a second. Um, no, Caleb Williams is not going to be there, but, uh, all right. Um, that's it for today's show Tonight's show. Thank you guys for staying up late with me. I do appreciate that. Give me some early picks for the weekend.
3: Home teams, the bills beat. No, <laughs> Oh <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's so hard to bet against the Chiefs right now. I know, <laughs> I know. it. I'm going Chiefs. Uh, 49ers win big. And Ravens, Justin Tucker wins the game.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, man. I, right now, 49ers have to be the pick, but they are a much different team without Debo Samuel. That is a big, big injury for them. Hopefully he Detroit can Detroit
3: lost for the first three quarters tonight. They're
0: playing a great team. Come on, they're playing Baker Mayfield.
3: All right, uh, thanks everybody. Have a great! I can't believe you lost our playoff challenge.
0: Yeah, all in on the Bills. All in on the Bills. I'll I'll give yeah, you the it's 10 really bucks. A good chance to win it. Oh yeah.
3: It's either gonna be me or Schneider. Oh, he's got Schneier's the Lions. in a good spot. Yeah. Schneider's in a really good spot because he has mm-hmm. the Lions and like a few Chiefs.
2: hmm And I've got a lot of Ravens and.
3: You have one Raven. <laughs> <laughs> I got the one Raven that matters. That bro. is true. If Mark <laughs> Andrews does play, you'll be in good good shape. But-
0: Next time I'm taking button with Pip 101. Good evening everybody. Talk to you on actually, can be a little while. Talk to you on Wednesday on Fantasy Football Today.